The hand of the rider has to stay perfectly steady. If the back of the rider does not absorb the movement of the horse, the hand is not going to be steady. And this is a quote from Michel Henriquet, who was a longtime student of Nuno Oliveira. There are many reasons that cause your hands to bounce or to be unsteady. Michel Henriquet continues on to explain that one must have at least three years of intensive work on the horse every day, including one and a half hours on the lunge the first year. And I know most riders do not have that luxury available to them, so they need a different strategy that can help them. Let's go over the options. There are other strategies used to steady the hand. One typical strategy includes using an external device such as holding a neck strap or steadying the hands on the saddle or neck. There are also several products or bandage hacks that help the hands stay in a steady place. Now those suggestions can be helpful, but they may not address the source of the difficulty. If you consider movement principles though, you find that there are, are other avenues and different ways to look at the challenge. And one principle is the structures below support the structures above. That means that your back should be well organized to support your arms and your hands. If your pelvis is placed to and your pelvis is then placed to support your spine. If that foundation is not supportive, your hands are lacking the right conditions to remain quiet. Why do your hands move? Could there be more to it than just softening your elbows, wrists, and hands, or willfully trying to keep them still? The other thing, using an external device, takes away much of the development of awareness and detracts from the learning process. Those external devices place a constraint that may create the change you desire, but you relinquish some of the responsibility. The change you create is important, but you miss out on the full learning process, the sensing, the observing, exploring, reflecting. Those are all important skills that can be applied in so many other applications, especially with horses. That process is important when working with horses as it's an effective process that gets you to your goals. The more you learn to maneuver through a process, the better you become with your observation skills and the more strategies you develop and apply that end up being applicable in so many other situations. Horses live in the moment. You should respond to the horse you have at that moment, not the horse you wish you had. And that is the value of staying present, remaining with the process. It's not only the achieving that's important, but your ability to maneuver and solve challenges. And of course, the overall answer to quiet hands lies in your ability to develop an independent seat. So your arms and hands can act independently from the rest of you. And saying that is many riders' goals. And, but too often riders get frustrated even as they, their skills improve. The soft, quiet hands they imagine having isn't their reality. So you need to understand the details that create the right conditions 
so your hand can be quiet and steady. It's those details that are often overlooked. Those general directives that don't address the source of why the hand is not quiet and steady. Those actual subtle details that develop good function. And I mentioned the support necessary through the rest of yourself that supports your arms and your hands. Another way of thinking about it is uh, about an independent seat is that you still need to use yourself as a unit. When you are capable of moving the individual parts of yourself without creating excess tension somewhere else, and that requires distributing the muscular effort throughout the whole of yourself in an even and proportionate way. Your movements need to be congruent and flow together so that every part of you supports the function of the whole of yourself. There's not areas that are too tight or rigid, nor are there areas that move too, too much either. So the congruency of how you move is the foundation of a harmonious function and it allows you to move each part of you independently. Your leg aids are more precise and effective when the big muscles of your pelvis contribute. And that comes from correct alignment. Correct alignment of your legs and torso supports and doesn't interfere with the fine control of your arms and your hands. Hello, I'm Suzanne DiStefano. I help riders find the small, subtle changes for better riding. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Send me an email with your questions or to sign up for my newsletter to get the latest news and events. And you can find my email in, my, in the show notes. So what are the specific ways to steady your hands? First off, keep your arms close to your central axis. The reason you hold a heavy weight, such as when carrying your saddle or a stack of heavy books close to your body, it keeps the burden over your center of mass. If you try to carry that weight away from you, not only do you need to use a lot of effort to support the object, you need to use muscular effort just to simply carry your arms. A vertical upper arm and hands close together when holding the reins, or for that matter a stack of heavy books, requires the least amount of effort. If it's convenient for you now, try this. Bring your arms in front of you, away from your torso with your elbows straight. And get a sense of the weight of your arm. Then bend your elbows so your upper arm is vertical. And sense how you don't have to hold in your shoulders like when your arm was straight. So slowly go back and forth by straightening your elbow with your hands coming out away from your torso and bending it and sense the difference. Which way does it feel like your arm is heavier? And you can even experiment a little bit with if you take some weight in your hands just to sense the difference that way. Now for quiet hands, the second one is to consider um, to consider is to pay attention to the alignment of your spine. It does matter. Finding optimal support from the surface of the saddle means finding a large base of support. Balancing solely on your seat bones concentrates your weight over a small area and makes balancing more challenging. Your pelvis has a flat area in front of your seat bones. Finding that base of support with your spine well aligned 
is a critical part of the foundation that supports your arms and your hands. If your pelvis is tilted forward or back, your spine will respond by arching or rounding, or you can even end up leaning forward or back, depending how you do it. If your spine is arched or rounded, or even bent laterally, the connection through to your arms is not ideal. Even subtle deviations from an ideal alignment combined with the movements of the horse makes steady hands far more difficult. Think of it this way. A relatively large base of support from the saddle supports your pelvis. Your vertical pelvis supports your spine. A long spine supports the function of your arms and supports your head. If your pelvis or spine are not well organized, the muscles of your torso are working too hard to maintain your balance rather than support and stabilize your arms and your hands. And if you have one hand that seems to have a mind of its own and doesn't cooperate, it may not only be because you're, it's your lesser dominant hand, you may not be finding the support from your pelvis and spine that provides the support for your arm and hand. And I know for myself, I felt as if the left side of my spine was empty. There wasn't a sense of a clear column of support on the left side of my back. I'm right-handed. My left hand was really bad. And I did not notice how much unnecessarily, unnecessary movement was happening with my left hand. And a video showed me the evidence. <laughs> the camera doesn't lie. I did not have a clear sense of what I was doing with my less dominant hand. And because the structures of my torso didn't provide good support, I lacked the control. Now there were several things that helped. The first was to develop a clear connection from the left side of my back to support my left arm. So from my left seat bone through my back to my left arm. That came from me being very slightly heavier on my right seat bone. I also discovered the tiny bit the left side of my pelvis was lifted and the place in my back and side that needed to lengthen to drop the left side of my pelvis. Also there was a clear connection that my ribs were more over my right leg and my right leg was busy being just too powerful. And exploring all those habitual patterns and finding alternatives contributed to finding more symmetry also. So I was able to, in my description, fill out the left side of my, my torso so I can support the, my arm on the left side. And then the other solution that helped me came from noticing where each elbow was in relationship to my rib cage. The position of my elbows was so important that it is one of the five strategies I list to get quiet hands. So I'll talk more about that soon. Back to your spinal alignment. Any arch or rounding of your spine interferes with the transfer, transfer of force through you. It destabilizes you with loss of control, especially your hands. If you are too mobile somewhere in your spine, you will need to stabilize and become too tense somewhere else. So if your middle is jiggly, your shoulders and your upper spine most likely hold too much tension. And those variations in muscular tone of those big muscles creates instability. So if you think of a wooden stick that has a damage, some damage along its length, 
that damaged area is more flexible compared to the rest of the stick. So if you move it around from one end, it's difficult con to control the opposite end with the stick with more damage. And moving on, if you lean forward without a clear counterbalance through your seat bones, it will interfere with the connection to your hands. Think about when a horse stops suddenly or pulls on the reins. If you don't have the subtle counterbalance within you, yourself, you topple forward. Leaning back, especially when your horse is moving in a forward direction, means you need to do something to maintain your balance so you don't fall backwards. Leaning back, you will need to stabilize yourself. The options are to have traction on the reins, and the other is to engage your abdominals in an eccentric contraction. That means the muscles are lengthening as they are contracting. And this is not the core stability you want. Some riders do both, balance off the reins and contract their abdominals to stabilize so not to fall backward. Now getting back to your elbows, that's the next strategy for quiet hands. And I did struggle to keep my hands even and still. As much as I tried to correct it, I tended to hold the left rein shorter than my right rein. And I had reins with stops to help guide me and it still didn't work. What helped was sensing where my elbows were in relation to my ribs. And that this proved to be a much easier to sense than where my hands were in space in front of me. Then the next strategy to develop a quiet seat, and that is part of building an independent seat. The idea method, ideal method to minimize your movements, which are mostly generated from the horse's motion, is to utilize your spine in a way that stabilizes your torso. This allows your hip joints to function well. The horse's movements, which will cause unnecessary movements in the rider, include changes in speed, as in transitions, sudden acceleration or deceleration, or the horse pulling against the rider. Additional forces that can move you from your position are the forces coming from your horse at each individual gait. And these forces vary depending whether the horse is walking, trotting, or cantering. And they vary based on the quality of your horse's organization and movement. You want to minimize the front-to-back horizontal movements that easily happen when you are following your horse's motion. Instead, you want to align yourself to move on a vertical plane, and that requires you to absorb the forces by being in an optimal alignment without excess tension. This quieter self-organization creates the sought-after stillness and allows you to sense more subtle changes in your movement and your horse's movement. The less effort you expend to remain still and the more you minimize excess motion, your ability to sense increases. You will become more aware of what is happening with your hands and more aware of what is happening with your horse. And finally, have a balanced and straight horse. Movement forces from the horse are minimized and far fewer get transferred to the rider when your horse is balanced and straight. Lack of balance and straightness produces tension and those forces are not absorbed in the horse's body and get blocked and do not flow through the horse. They instead get transferred to the rider making it far more difficult to stabilize the hand. 
it is much easier to sit on a well-schooled horse. So those are the several major items to focus on to help you quiet your hands. Now allow me to take a moment to tell you more about what I offer riders. The last couple of years have been very challenging for many of us with the global pandemic. And taking my services online has opened up many possibilities. To continue offering my services, I went online to coach for the very first time with the pandemic. And the progress my students made online has been remarkable and very surprising. I found out it wasn't necessary to be in person. I didn't need to be hands-on. For example, I have a student that started to work with me after an injury. Here's what she said after we began working together. We've done four sessions in the last two weeks and it has changed my life. Suzanne is so skilled and intuitive and able to see the most amazing minute movements. The practice of doing the most subtle changes in how I move with her instruction and guidance has allowed me to do amazing things like find my right seat bone while riding, feel where my right shoulder blade is again, and even feel safer and have better control of my mountain bike. I highly recommend her no matter where you live because all of this work has taken place over Zoom. I offer online lessons for movement education with the Feldenkrais Method. Riding lessons are available too. With packages tailored to your needs and your budget, group movement lessons, video coaching, and live private sessions can be yours. Just contact me with your goals and desires, and let's see if we can make your goals your reality. Now back to quiet hands. The purpose of a quiet hand is to sense. When riders first learn, too often they are taught to use their hands and arms for controlling. Steering, stopping, softening the jaw. It's so easy to become harsh with your hands. And often riders learn on an unbalanced horse. Unbalanced rider with an unbalanced horse, it's not an ideal situation. An unbalanced horse is difficult to ride and they find you not the easiest to carry either. You need to have a secure independent seat and ride the unschooled horse to help balance and coordinate the movements so both horse and rider become more comfortable. So unfortunately, novices on unbalanced horses end up struggling because it is not an ideal solution. And too often there's a disconnect with the novice or tense riders on horses that are not well balanced. Here you find riders in their attempt to control overreacting and being too quick with the hand. The horse resists and the rider quickly pulls back only to have the horse resist even more. Other not so helpful directives include teaching the rider to vibrate the reins or do left-right flexions. The rider ends up working too hard, doing too much, and not able to sense the subtle changes in the horse. Moving the reins diminishes sensing. When you're actively doing, you're not sensing. The quick movement of the hand masks when the horse gives, so the rider doesn't recognize when the horse responds. Now granted, there are times a vibration is needed, but I personally find it rare. Left and next, left-right flexions tend to be insidious with riders developing the habit and becoming completely unaware that that is what they are doing. I'll confess, confess that was me. 
It was so helpful to organize my back, weight my elbows, and ride my horses balanced and straight. And that's where I found it possible to be light with my aids, so I can help my horse to become even lighter to the aids. Being still and quiet makes it easier to sense. And that is the foundation of lightness. There are several references in writing to the unyielding hand. The term unyielding hand sounds less than ideal, but it provides a reference for the horse. It means the hand is still not pulling. It requires the use of the seat, illustrating the connection between the two and the importance of the torso supporting the arms and the hand. Done judiciously and within the realm of light to become even lighter is a strategy. I find in order to be successful, the need to pay attention to the whole horse and its balance, straightness, and energy channeled in an uphill direction is key. When a horse is in trouble, unbalanced, crooked, and is resistant, quiet, slow work, giving the horse a lot of time is important. Sitting quietly on a moving horse is a complex situation. I hope that by explaining the components that help you make the changes that contribute towards quieting your hands, you get to see the challenge from many different viewpoints and it brings to light different strategies to improve how you ride. Thanks for listening. Creating quiet hands is the start of developing hands that are soft and responsive for lightness. For more on the topic, check out my earlier episode, Secrets for Soft Hands. It's episode 5. And I do welcome feedback and questions. And until next time, enjoy your time with your horse.